Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Greg, and welcome once again to another Rip Run Reds podcast. I'm joined on this lovely, I say lovely, mediocre Sunday evening by my colleague Jace. Uh, we are, we are, what are we, 24 hours removed uh, from the game yesterday, so we've had some time to stew. How are yeah. you feeling in the cold light of day? I'm right. I'm over it already. Move on. <laughs> moved on. Moved on. Yeah. Simple. I mean, right. uh, I, annoying that uh, I didn't watch the City game, but I saw they won 2 1 at Luton. I thought that might have been a similar game to maybe what we had at Luton. I was hoping for maybe Luton to scrape a point, but apart from that, I'm over it and moved on. Right, fair enough. Well, it feels like uh, you're ready to, <laughs> to to get into it already, Jace. <laughs> How was your Sunday, want... Greg? How was, my, your how Sunday? was my, <laughs> my Sunday? was fine. It's very, very lazy, exceptionally lazy. Um, yeah, I didn't, I literally did nothing. Uh, so that's why I was ready to do this early doors. We're, we're recording a little bit earlier than, than usual. To just I, I, I think for a bit of catharsis more than anything uh, for us yeah. to kind of uh, at least let all the, the bad juju uh, out. I think at least. Let's see. There's some, there's some, but not much. There's some. All right, cool. All right. I'll, I'll crack on the intro music and then we'll get right into it. Right, it has been a lazy Sunday, but I'm hoping this is not going to be lazy, Jace. I hope your written review is going to give me something that, I don't know, Probably not to get excited for. I can't imagine it's that. But at least it's probably going to be at least something a little bit different. So go on, give me a ritual review. How do I make it different? I mean, we've kind of talked about this before, but I'm kind of reiterating it again. But is, I think I said something similar the other week. Like, we need to be, this is a lesson learned and we need to take our chances. That's like kind of most key thing I took away from the weekend, right? We, uh, I don't think we played badly. I don't think that was it was an awful performance, and I, I feel like, especially after the first half, like Villa's one chance, they just got one goal, and but we had so many chances, and we and we didn't take our chances, and that's the biggest kind of thing for me. It's we we, we we're playing that style of football in the moment, as we talked about clinical. We keep talking about that word, but the problem is when we stay when we when we're trying to be that kind of side we actually have to be genuinely clinical and if we don't then we can get a result like what happened yesterday um so that was the kind of like main thing i took away from yesterday and and, and i think um it's just like kind of the biggest point is this has to be considered a big lesson learned and we need to move on from this pretty quickly um you know liverpool coming up at anfield Always a test for us. We do not want to put ourselves in the same position again. But you, I think you feel slightly differently. So, what? What? Talk to me about your your review here. What? What? what what's the What's the big takeaways for you? Uh, I mean, it's kind of similar. I, I do think that we we're, we were sloppy yesterday, 
And like you say, we, we did create a few chances. It wasn't necessarily a bad game by any means. Um, the thing, so me and Jace, we watched it uh, in a room uh, together, which is rare for us um, if we're not in the grounds. Uh, and we did have a few friends over as well watching it together. And the, the, the thing that I probably said the most was we, our passing was just incredibly poor yeah. incredibly poor like we had so many loose passes across the park and i don't want to single out players we're going to talk about some of them in this in this podcast but it was just unknown in very very similar to old arsenals too predictable you know not really able to carve out many chances and it's not like a villa didn't give us space either they weren't playing a low block they they came to play which was good it was it just wasn't um, I had a Villa fan text me and they said, because I told them this is going to be a good game. We're, we're two attacking sides ready for a game. And uh, they texted me after saying it was not a good game. And they basically said that we, it felt like we were both kind of hung over from the mm. midweek games and we were just kind yeah. of like, you know, plodding through treacle a little bit into this game. Which, yeah, I suppose you can see a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah I can see that. Yeah, but gen- I mean, yeah, my, my general consensus is, is that we had a lot of space to exploit. We didn't exploit it. We rarely made good use of the chances that we had. We were too predictable, too... Maybe that's like lethar- lethargic in our play. Mm. Maybe that was a bit of a hangover from playing a lot of games in a short space of time. Um, and I don't know, I just feel a bit empty. After I know that you said, we, we've talked about games where we've lost in the past and then we've kind of let it wash over us a little bit. Like We've, we've both been... Move, like you just said, actually, it's a it's a loss. Move on, learn from it, and do something different. The one thing that I have been thinking about a lot, and we've talked about it in in other pods, I've listened to it in other pods. The fact that Arsenal haven't got out of third gear yet is mentioned again and again and again and again. What if that that is fifth gear? What if it is? It's not. Then, like... You know. I'm, Hey, look, I, I I also don't think it is, but I'm saying that like at the moment there's nothing yet turning the screw in terms of our performances. I looked at the Wolves, I look at Luton, I look at this game, and there's nothing through any of those three games that didn't necessarily think that like particularly complacency, like particularly that lack of kind of closing out games or doing well with our chances, which I think is the bit that's the missing piece of the puzzle for me. So, so I have a different, slight different perspective. I don't think we're out of uh, third gear. Maybe we're into fourth a bit, but we're definitely not at fifth or sixth. Um, if we look at the, one of our problems we felt in the beginning of the season, we weren't scoring enough goals. Uh, we weren't creating enough chances. We were completely reliant on being clinical. And I feel in the last three or four games, we have seen the volume of chances go up and the amount of goals that we're scoring. You know, scored four against Luton, six nil against Lons. Okay, yeah, they left acres of space. Um and, and, and we punished probably. Mm. Yeah, but, but the volumes of goals are going up and we are creating chances. So, but the also thing is when we do chances are created, we're clinical with them. Uh, we just weren't clinical against against Villa. Mm. So I, I, I am seeing uh, the volume of goals go up. I believe we have gone up a gear. However, 
that going up the gear has seen an increase in some goals, but it's not seen an increase in intensity on the field, if that makes sense. You know, there's an intensity to last season that we just all really want to see. Just a certain, and the most I've seen of it this season was Lons, where we absolutely destroyed them. But that was a game where the space was created. And now, as we've we've talked about this before as well, like Premier League sides costing on to how we play and playing low blocks and playing certain ways against us at the back, doubling up on Saka, doubling up on Martinelli. And that same kind of way that we played last season when we came out the blocks with a high intensity just doesn't happen as much. And I believe that is stopping us getting into fifth gear. I don't know. Maybe that's the problem. We have a fifth gear, but the way we have play teams set up against us prevents us getting to fifth gear. And we haven't found another way to get to fifth gear. I mean, you could, but you could have got to it here, right? This was the perfect game. Like I'm saying, the opposition didn't. It's not like they set up in the same way that we can't play against them. They 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 had so much space behind them that we could have exploited. So this, uh, I'm going to say, let's move on. Let's right. get to the Look at this. topic because this this is straight in. This is straight into ramble, it. ramble, ramble. Um, it's really yeah. funny actually. There's someone at work always says that this um, it's called Elmo. And uh, yeah. use it at work, and it's like enough. Let's move on. And so I'm going to use it here, Elmo. It's good, Jason. Elmo. Right, no. uh, Elmo. Yeah, use it at work. Um, our first segment, we've used it before. Actually, it's are we bad or are they good? Or maybe we've done the reverse of that. Are we good or are they bad? There's a combination of these that we kind of looked at. And this this game, like you've already kind of alluded to, Jason, I suppose, is that you you said it yourself. It wasn't a bad performance, and there's enough in it that you took away that you you kind of believe that it's all right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I just look at the... I'm looking at the chances that we created, right? Against Villa, who tore City to shreds, have been playing really well. Their, their position on the table justifies that. Ollie Watkins has been scoring so many goals. Um, you know, we we struggle at Villa as well. You know, last season wasn't an easy game against Villa. Um, there are a lot of people who will say, you and I, Emery is a bad manager. He's not a bad manager. He was just bad. For, for us and um, that wasn't that was uh, a bad fit right bad fit wrong time he couldn't speak english i think he lost the dressing room because part of the reasons was his language skills i think he had the media fans taking the mick out of him rival fans of it. And, and and like and imagine how that fits within a dressing room environment as well i think you know just wrong place wrong time the club was in a bad state rouse in there he and all those things so i think he just it's just it was just bad time since then, he's gone back to Villarreal. Won the chat. He won won the Europa League with them. He knocked us out of a, a semi final of the Europa League, and now he's at Villa doing a great job. They have fifteen games at home unbeaten. I think they were like the second or third best team in the league on points from the point he took over to the end of the season last year, and they're flying. Like he's not a bad manager. Like the Arsenal example was just 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 a bad circumstance, and um. You know, I, I, you said yesterday, and and I'd agree. They're taking a draw at Villa, and I think we should have got a draw at least. Based, it's just you know, I think, um, you know, Martinez from Villa made, ugh, Martinez, um, he made some great saves. You know, he he he, not many keepers would read what Odegaard was going to do, and 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 he did, and he got down quick and fast, and and, and stopped some of his shots. So. It is what it is, but and, and that's why I'm kind of like we move on. I'm not disheartened. It's not like we've gone to a rival in the league and got absolutely trounced. 
It's not like we've been outplayed and played off the park. It's not like when we used to go to Liverpool, go to City, even other teams, you know, where we've been outplayed. Like, I remember Newcastle away at Villa Park two years ago for Champions League, lost 2-0, got absolutely dominated and outplayed. The new game against Newcastle when we lost the game, were we outplayed? We weren't outplayed. We just didn't have anything that day. Then there's going to be a couple of days like that where we don't have things. And, and the challenge is in those days is that, we just have to ride it out, you know, get a draw, take a point away. And that's just the one failing. That's the lesson learned. That's why I'm kind of relaxed about the performance in a way. Um, there's a few people I want to call out. Uh, but before I do, I mean, you know, you've got anything to add to that, like your perspective on the performance. Do you, do you, do you think this is points drops? Do you think this is a bad performance? Or, or are, you, are you more like, because you're, you're, I'm in an R-ring on it, right? You're, yeah, I'm kind of stuck. And I, I, I text when I texted you before, and I did mention I was like, I, I'm a bit, don't know how I feel about this game, and I still don't really. I'm still trying to marinate a little bit on the on the result and kind of figure it out. And all the, you know, I'm I'm always quite reliant on stats to tell me a story. And you know that what you're telling me, what I'm hearing, and what the stats say are saying the same thing. We had a lot more shots, we had created a lot more chances, we had more position, we had a higher XG. So ultimately, Arteta will look at that in the same way that you have just then and kind of gone on paper and by the eye. We had the more of that game, we weren't outplayed, we didn't necessarily get some luck. You know, there, there's luck in football, and we have ridden it a few times this season already. Man United offsides, last-minute goals. We've ridden it while we needed it. Maybe we just didn't get it today. I think the problem I, I think the thing I'm going back to is it's just our away form particularly doesn't look great. Again, and that that has been a problem in previous seasons. Um, and Villa Park's not an easy place to go by any means, but I do think they were there for the taking. And it once again kind of tells me that maybe this this team is just not ready. I know we're not near the end yet. No, we're near the end yet. But we, we talked a lot last season about the the you know the mental fortitude uh, and Troy Dini Cajones that this team maybe do not have. Um, and you just start to see speckles of it a little bit, in my opinion. Well, there's a big thing here, which is uh, we'll talk about later. VAR. So, you know, that's a big input into some of these results as well, right? I mm. think so. I, I won't talk about it now. We've got a section in the pod for it, but that's a big influence. I yeah, think true. If, if I just focus on a couple of the players, so uh, Martinelli, I, I, I was, when we were watching the game, uh, you heard me be quite vocal. I was like, he needs to go. He needs to go. And I think he went in the 68th. Like the classic 68 minute, like with 20 minutes to go, bring Crossod on. Like I was way I was watching that game, I just subbed him at half time. Um like he just wasn't he, he just wasn't in the game. I wouldn't say Trossard was much better, to be perfectly honest. But uh, he 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 in my opinion, he didn't turn up. Um I've not seen it was he wasn't you able to use his pace to exploit that wing effectively enough. When he did get in a good couple of positions, I think he got called offside once or twice. Um, he just for me put a little, it wasn't a bad, bad performance, but it was a little bit of a stinker. Um, on the other hand, I thought Kai had a really good game, he was aggressive, he was winning challenges. Um, again, I, I thought you know, it was his work to get that goal, which didn't count, obviously, but 
you know, I, I think Kai is really coming into his own in the team. I think he's fitting in really well. The On the other hand, with the exception of him having a really good game, there was one thing he did annoy me. And again, this is what we said last podcast, right? His defensive capability. He pulled, he was pulling one of the Villa players by the shirt. Now, if you're doing that on the halfway line to so do a tactical foul, like Arteta loves fine. Don't do it on the edge of your box. Don't do it on the edge of your box. He did. That annoyed me. Um, and he does seem uh, quite heated, like hot headed. Like, you know, even after he got a bit shirty with Martinez got in his face, I think he bumped him over when the ball was at 93 well, Mar- minutes or something. Martin- Martinez started it and then he gave it back, which is fine. I like it. He's, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't mind that. Like, I, you know, entitled to defend himself, especially against Martinez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a kind of couple of you know performances where I was like, you know, kind of good and bad. Um, what did you think about Saliba? Because I, oh. I had a view on him as well. Go on. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you think? Yeah, I think I, I let you, but I, I don't. I didn't. I don't think my my uh, opinion is as quite as uh, vocal as yours. Uh, oh, he certainly okay. didn't like cover cover. He didn't cover himself in glory, but I wouldn't necessarily say. But even we, like I said, we watched it with some friends, and one of them probably said something along the lines of, "This is meant to be the best." Center back in the league. This is going to be the best young defender in the world right now. Um, probably a bit of uh, banter in there, of course. But I think you're, you're saying that this was his worst game in the Arsenal shirt, right? I don't. I can't remember him having a worse one. To be fair, I can't. That's because the quality I mean... of his performances is usually quite it's similar to Fainter Rice. It's hard to differentiate yeah. between unless they drop an absolute stinker. Yeah, it's hard, and I and it, I would say Sleeper's dropped a stinker, but there were definitely things for me that stood out. You know, he was some of his running and chasing of the ball was a bit odd, and for me, it was the passing. Like he, he's usually so good with passing forwards in 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 a positive manner, but he was play he played some really bad. But I mean, sometimes he's just passing it straight out of play, um, and and but that happened a few times. So I don't know. I just wasn't particularly. Like we all rave about Saliba, um, I genuinely believe he is is the heir to Virgil Van Dijk. Um, he is he is that caliber. He's that quality, and he was only twenty one when he started in the league last year. He's only twenty two now. He's got eight to ten years of prime uh, still to come, and he's doing it at that age. Um, and yeah, when we have uh, friends who are rival fans watching that game, we're like, oh, just ignore that. Don't watch him there. Like you don't you don't watch Saliba every week. Don't ignore this game. You need to like he's 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 he genuinely is, um, I believe, a level above. I just think he didn't do himself justice last night. I mean, that, that that's not not a problem though because the way I'm looking at it is like, yeah, it's just one one game. But we 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 currently only have five fit defenders. Which is really worrying for me. Which is why I'm saying I just it's just really tough because we can't really rotate in and out as maybe we wanted to. We're missing, you know, Tomiyasu, we're missing Timber. We don't really have another centre back, even. Like I don't even know who I know that a lot of our players are versatile and can play a lot of positions, but we're kind of one injury from playing Cedric Suarez again, which I don't want to like pull the ripcord on Jason, but he'll it, he'll lose his shit if he sees Cedric in an Arsenal shirt. In a in a game in the Premier League, you don't want to see he, it. He, he was at Fulham on loan last year. He didn't even get a game, did he? 
he even play for Fulham? But it's not, you know, this is what makes me... I know everyone always talks about us bottom in the league. We had Rob Holden playing centre-back against Man City. You can't even get a game in for Crystal Palace. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a, read the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, you know, that we, we were missing our key player. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm going to Elmo it again. Um, we're talking about defenders. Let's move on to one that we've not really talked about yet, and that is Zinchenko. This segment is called, I try to, it's a really poor wordplay on my part. Zinchenko, no, uh, is, is the line. Um, it's not great. I'll give you that. Um, I think maybe both me and you have the same opinion here. He didn't cover himself in a shower of glory in this game and probably hasn't for a few games. What did you think about his performance against Villa? He's just not positioning. He, he's not a defender. I think this is, we've talked about this before. Like, so he's not a defender. He is wrongly positioned in some of the, uh, some of the basics for me. Um, he's chasing back also when for the goal, you know, we got, we got caught on the counter. He was out of position fine. Cause he's, he's inverted. And then he's, then you're chasing, uh, but then there was, you know, McGinn. You could like if he's because if if the ball's gone down, how do I explain this? If if you're the left back and you're not in the left back position because the team are counter attacking, usually the centre back will be pulled out to the left to cover where the left back is missing, right? And I think that happens. Gabriel usually. Yeah, yeah. In this case, yeah. So what happens is when the defender is running back, sorry, the left back is running back because they've been caught. The centre-back's covering, coming across. As a result, the left-back should run and fill in behind. And that means two things. One, pick up a man. Do not not pick up a man. And number two is... Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot it now. Oh, no. Stein, try and stop the cross. Because it's likely that Gabriel is going to be able to either make the tackle or just do something enough to... to, 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 to Try and stop the cross, but if he can't, the left back should try and also start stop the ball going in. But he would just be deeper into the box, and I, I just didn't see anything from him. And I, I was just, I don't know, that that's a problem. And I kind of, kind of, I've got to this conclusion with Zinni. We have a bit of a, I wouldn't say we have a defensive crisis yet. When we're injured, we really do have a defensive crisis. But he is a liability, and until and not a liability going forwards and in midfield. Let's be clear. Um, you know, his inverted position in midfield alongside Rice and even last season alongside Party worked perfectly. And that's great. But there are certain games where you need a more stable defence. And we're not having that option at the moment to play an alternative to him. We've got no Tommy Yassi fit and there's no Timber. And we've got rid of Tierney. So we have no alternatives at left back. We're having to play him. And I believe that is meaning that he is more exposed than he was last year. And we're seeing more of his flaws even more often. You know, I think it was the game against Wolves. He got caught short and, and, and Martinelli was... That's uh, why Kiri, so Kiriol can... Kiriol will play in that position, but Kiriol, that's why Kiriol came in against Luton, right? But they're, they're very different. I would have played Kiriol last night. I would have played Kiriol last night. Uh, or I would have subbed Zinni off of... At half time. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it was. Go on. No, no, go on, Karen. No, I was just going to say that I, I believe that tactically, I think he's a midfielder when a Timber's back. 
I just yeah, don't. Man. I don't. I don't want him. I don't want him playing there anymore. Sorry, interrupted you. Go on, mate. No. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to. Uh, it's, you you made a you made a point where we're like you know going forward he's really adept and last season he was. I don't think we've seen enough of it this season. If I'm honest, I don't think he's played in the same vein as he has, which is interesting. I tried to look up. He's already got a goal and assist this year in 15 games. He actually only got a goal and two assists last year, which did surprise me. I thought it was significantly higher than that in terms of his actual contribution to how. Maybe it's more how we play, like his contribution to our setup. Same as Jesus. It was the triangles played in last year. He was very. Was, effective. It, Martin, was it Martin Elijinchenko and someone Jacka and Jacka? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, most yeah. common, most commonly, it's Jacka doing the assisting. Zinni's in the build-up, and that's yeah. why he had less assists. But we've not seen that this year with Havertz and, and Martin. Like we've not again not seen that. Um, no, and maybe and they're not setting up in the same way. Maybe that's because, like we said, like uh, Havertz plays this role where it's like go and play football. I'm not yeah. going to tell you where to play it. Just go and do and mix in and about the box and and kind of run between box to box. But you're not like a left eight. He's creating something different. But there was this thing last night as well, right? Where he had the Zinni had the ball in his kind of inverted position. The filler had dropped deep. He he was just in front of the. It wasn't in there. It was in our own half. He had he had the couple of defenders behind him, and he's just. Our, our football is about move the ball. That is our football, right? We don't we don't stand. It's just keep the ball moving. And he, I think, and if you remember me, I, I I was I was I was moaning. Just pass it over to Slebov. Give it to Gabriel. Just keep the ball moving. But instead, he's sat there in his inverted position, had the ball at his feet for like five or ten seconds, just dawdling around. And luckily, no one from Villa pressed him because he's just trying to find the right pass. Yeah, but, but every, everything part- everything. It's just so it was so frustrating. I'm like, it's not going to work. Just move it on. Stop trying to try and play the glory ball. Was, I think that's what he's been coached to do. I I think that genuinely, I think that's where a lot of our team members have been coached to play and adapt in a certain way. That when they're thinking about doing something differently, and this is why I think there's nervousness sometimes in the goalkeeper, in the defence, in the midfield, because they're told to play a certain way, and when that's not working, they then have to think for themselves a little bit. And they're stuck. Like, Jinchenko mm. could easily play that simple ball. I think he's been categorically told, your job, when you pick up that ball in the midfield, is to string a pass through, because Rice doesn't do it. Rice has got a different job. Rice, When Rice gets the ball, he cycles the ball. You don't see him trying to pick that pass. Mm. I, I, I think Zinchenko has categorically been told, you've got to find that pass. You've got yeah. to unlock their defence. You're the guy that's going to pull that from front to, uh, back to front. And it's not when he when he can't find or exploit a space, he's then stuck in two minds about what to do, and that's where he get, he does get his pocket pinched quite often. And I, you know, I, I I'm coming to terms a little bit. I, there's a guy on Twitter I follow. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but he's been a, quite a, a staunch um, uh, detractor of Zinchenko, even through last season. You know, when everyone else is like saying Zinchenko's the one, he's so great, he's so adept. This one guy was like, no. He's awful. He'll be exposed. He'll be found out. And I'm coming to, to terms with the fact that his defensive shortcomings used to, you know, not be anywhere near his attacking returns. So it was kind of, we, we, were, we were okay with it. But now they're becoming both quite a liability and it is being exposed. And we, we I know, like I say, we don't really have many other options. And that one of the things is as well is that, let's say Declan Rice gets injured. We have a bigger problem there. 
in, in midfield that Zinchenko going into midfield is not going to step up and help anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Like I say, he's going to be playing anyway. We could rotate Kirior and Zinchenko out. Kirior seems pretty, pretty robust, pretty stable when he plays. But the thing is, like I say, he seems like a quite a good utility. Yeah. But he's not. Zinchenko is not a utility. Zinchenko can offer you something. We're maybe not seeing a great deal of it at this point in time, but at the moment, I've not seen enough from Kiwi or to say he's going to give us anything over and above. Let's say he's never been he's never been given a run of games, though, has he? So, yeah, true. That is true. All right. Well, it's probably the moment we we probably wanted to get onto for some time, Jay. So we're going to move on to it. It's uh, we're going to talk about the VAR. Maybe controversy, maybe not. This segment is called Clear and Obvious. Uh, Mikel Arteta, in his post-match interview, used this term uh, at least three or four times. I think the you know the, the, the media have got what they wanted. They've got a quiet uh, and um, disciplined Mikel Arteta, uh, which is exactly the, the, the boring effectiveness that I'm, I'm assuming they want because he's just robotic and giving them a no-comment answer. Uh, clear oh, and yeah. Obvious is what he said. Go on, I don't think that's what I don't think that's what the media want. The media want the entertainment. I All think right, so. It's the, P, uh, PGMOL or whatever it's called. They're, they're going to be think, the ones that want it. I think the yeah. I think there's a there's a I'm not a very conspiracy theory person, right? But someone somewhere is 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 is, is it's basically like look, Arsenal. You you're not going to win out in being vocal. You know, sending letters and in issuing statements, statements. And, yeah. and all of that, like they're basically like, you're not going to win out here. Like we know it's a bit of a bad system, but you know, it's kind of the same for everyone. So the more you, the more that we're vocal against the system, the worse it's going to actually impact. It's going to have the worst impact it's going to, it's going to have on our season. I genuinely think like, cause I, 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 you know, I think, Mikel sounds, you know, saying nothing and just saying clear and obvious is still means you can tell just from that he is fuming. Um, but he, he obviously he's just come back from a ban. The comments he made previously, I don't think the ban was for the yellow card on the sideline, right? For Luton for ever celebrating. It wasn't from the comments, which is still under the investigation. It's gone quiet from, from one of the previous games. So I think Newcastle maybe. So it's kind of like he he knows that he he can't really say anything for the risk of escalating the situation further. What we can do is we can say how we feel about it, which is like again I said this last pod. It's it's still us against the world here. Um, I still think that that's that's how it feels with especially. I mean, many clubs may feel this with VAR, but I look at those decisions in in uh in the broad kind of broad perspective the jesus one the more i watch it i'm like oh my god that's a penalty like i didn't think it at the time and then you said that could be called and then when we saw the slow-mo replay i was like well he that he's hooked his leg so that's a pen like i've i've seen much lighter var uh decisions and penalties given so how that wasn't given i'd never never understand it well, I think it can, I think I understand why, and this is where his clear and obvious direction comes from. In real time, the ref hasn't called that as a penalty, and so when VAR reviews it, they have to be 
overly confident in the fact that it is to overturn what is his decision. It's the same thing at work, right, Jace, where you say you've got a boss who's made like a decision for you that you don't agree with. You're going to have to probably be over indexing on the fact that you think it's different to his or her decision to go ahead with something different, because otherwise you're going to undermine them. And that's what it all is in the referees. And it's the exact same reason why the other one. So the the handball and the ricochet and the pinball in the the box, like, you know, the ball's crossed in from Erdegaard. It's bounced off Cash's arm. It's bounced probably off Havertz's arm. It's it's gone to the bottom. It's and then knocked in by Havertz. Now that ref has called that from thirty yards out through like six people. He's called it as a handball. There's no way in hell he has seen that handball from that distance through that body of players. It's just impossible. There's no way. But he's called it, and so when VAR goes to review it, once again they have to be over the top in understanding that it's not a handball to be able to reverse it. Because if he gets sent to the monitor for that one, he's also going to be like, well, kind of has and it kind of hasn't. I just don't understand the rule the rules on this one either. Like they said, like the rules say, if it touches his hand, it's a handball. Well, it touches Matty Cash's arm. For, like, it's like, hang on, it's one versus the other. So it's the fate. Is, is it favouring the defence? Is the situation so basically the, written the in the rules the law, to favour yeah. the defence? Yeah, the letter of the law says that if in that situation, if an accidental handball is for a defensive player, it's not a handball. But if an attacking player, and it has to be the same attacking player that handballs it, that scores the goal. So, for example, in this example, I can't tell if it's Eddie and Jesse or Havertz that scores that. This is what I'm saying. I I can't tell. So I'm not going to go out here and say it was one or the other. But let's say Eddie's was more clear that Eddie had scored it. Then that goal would have stood. This is the thing, right? You you give the undermining analogy. I, I don't... I don't agree with that in a way because, like, in a situation you, you mentioned, that if it work, you want to overturn a reason, blah blah blah. Well, I'd go and get the evidence, and if I had a video as evidence, that's pretty damning evidence, isn't it? Like, if I've got a video, that's what that's what video evidence is for. Like, that's the whole reason VAR exists. So, you know, especially with the Jesus one, for example, mm. that's the one that, like, I might watch this video. Do you see that foot hooking that leg and taking it out from underneath him? Yes. Okay, cool. Did you see it in 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 the fast real time? No. Okay, cool. Right, that's the penalty. In, that's in a way, the, that's the I want the I don't think the. I think we should have multiple. Uh, I think we should bin VAR. But in the in the in the example we, we we don't, then we should actually have multiple referees who can make decisions. It shouldn't be about oh hi, can you go to the monitor and have a look at that, please? No. You're the person with all the video analysis in front of you. You make the decision, not the referee on the field. He's not the best place to make it. it. But he is. But he is the one that's been given the power and autonomy to make that decision, Chase. Yeah, but he's also he's sorry. He's also influenced by everything going on in the game. Whereas at least the person sitting in the room, he's not hearing any of the players. He's not hearing anyone else moaning at him. He's got no one from either club on him, like having a go at him. He's in a room by himself, able to make a decision with yeah. no external pressure. I'd actually Sorry. argue. That's a good point. No, it's a good point because I think, think about that. You could be in a room on your own with no sound. I think sound will play a big part in this type of thing from the crowd, from the players, from the ref. All of that kind of engagement is going to influence the decision. And I, 
you know, I didn't come away from this feeling that aggrieved. Like Newcastle game, the two hands in the back of Gabriel, I felt aggrieved. I felt that that is a, a stonewall foul. Now, the, the Jesus one, in like in real time, is it's a soft kick. It's not a it's not a it's not booted him. If you remember, oh, was it last season that someone literally, I think it was Wolves or someone, literally went to shoot and Saka got in front of him and he literally booted Saka like cleaned him out. And we didn't get the penalty for it. I think it was Wolves. Now that one, I'm like, that one's like categorically, that's a penalty. This one's it's soft, and I think Jesus made a meal out of it. Do you remember the David David Louise like slightest touch? Oh my god, the, on the heel where he touches his yeah. heel. Yeah, it was like it basically. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even touch him, but I, I mean, you, you can't even tell. Don't, yeah, oh, yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't and do this. This is the thing, like, right? But this it is what evolves, but it does evolve, and it has rules. But I think the biggest thing I'm asking for here. Is I like I said, I'm not necessarily too aggrieved by either of these two. I do think both of them. I think Arsenal's goal should have stood because I think Eddie scores it, but I'm I'm still not like I say I'm not 100 percent sure, and that's why it probably hasn't been given. And the like the the Jesus one, I would say it's probably a penalty, but because he didn't give it on the field, he couldn't it couldn't be overturned, which I think is stupid. It is stupid, and that's the problem: the lack of consistency and the lack of like using using the tools at your disposal to make the right decision. That's like saying yeah. at home, like, I've got a knife, I've got a knife block, I've got five knives in it, but I'm only told to use the, the tiniest knife. So I'm, when I'm cutting up a whole chicken, but you've only got to use that little knife, despite four other knives being there that you can use. It's, it's just, it's stupidity. There is people around, like you said, in that room that can make that decision with, with better analysis and insight and angles to do it far better than you can. So why would you be going, oh, I, I think it's a penalty, but also you were on the field and you saw it from 30 yards away, so tell me. Stupid. It is stupid. But I don't think, I, you know, you said I'm not a conspiracy theorist and neither am I, so I'm not going to go out and stand on the soapbox and kind of go, Arsenal, Arsenal this, we're... we're it's, I know that you said it's us against the world. I think us against the world is very clear in the, in the fan base sphere. Like other fans hate us winning, hate it. Man United, Chelsea, City. Nobody wants us to win it, and I like that. That's good. I don't. I don't think the refs have got anything against us. But it's just it's it's really frustrating when you kind of see that Arteta goes out there and he he was vocal after that Newcastle game about how bad it was. And how they should be. Well, and that is true. And then you wonder how, you know, you can talk all about that. Oh, of course they're not. They can never be not biased towards someone. You know, I've talked about it before. Um, Like 90% of refs are all from the the greater Manchester area. This one that refed us yesterday, he's a Liverpool fan. You know, sometimes some of these things. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you know what? I, 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 here's, here's my really controversial, stupid opinion of referees. Let's take all the refs in Germany and put them in the Premier League, and all the refs in the Premier League and put them in Germany. Well, like you, I, I, yeah, I mean, so take, take the bias out of it. Let's have a True. bunch of well, Bayern Munich and Leverkusen fans. Well, I'll take that. Look at the Champions League. Look at the Champions League. How often would you not see these type of decisions to be made in the Champions League? You wouldn't. They're, they're very few and far between by comparison, I would say. I mean, we saw, was it was, was think, it only the PSG Newcastle one, I think, has been the only controversy that they've had this year. 
in the Champions yeah. League so far. Yeah, and even like when we played in Europa and whatever, like for the last few seasons in Europe, I don't really recall anything that I feel <laughs> aggrieved about. Because the, quality, the quality of refs are like significantly better. You look at the World Cup. How many like UK refs go to the World Cup? One, One. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the same Does in every we... country, isn't it? Oh, can't be. There can't be that many refs. He'd want to do this job anyway. It's a thankless task. <laughs> Look, if anyone's listening from the Bundesliga, I'm happy to put you in touch with someone in the Premier League or the PGMO or whatever they're called. I don't actually oh, know Howard anyone, Webb. but I'll back you. Yeah. Uh, if you know Howard Webb, go speak to him. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he's got a great apology uh, video if you ever need it. Um, yeah. And he'll, he'll have a statement ready to go if you need it as well. Anytime yeah, you want to tweet that, we apologise. That'll give us the three points to help us sleep better at night. He has a PowerPoint and uh, and a Word document template anytime you need it. Oh, anyway, I think me and Jason needed like a cold bath now or something. This is like, it's got a bit heated. Um, I'm going to uh, move us over then uh, to our parking lot. Uh, anything you'd like to bring up in the parking lot, Jace? Uh, Benjamin. <laughs> PSV sounds, like sounds, sounds like a sounds like a Pokemon thing. God. <laughs> God, Benchimal. Benchimal. Oh, oh yeah, we're uh, easy. But... I gen generally, who needs to really? I mean, the only challenge I think we've got with Champions League is that we have um, there's a max squad uh, list of players, right? That can be compete in the Champions League. So you have a 25 man squad list. So I like it's like well, if there's any game you're gonna play Cedric in, play that one because I'm probably not gonna watch it. Um, I will, I will watch it, but if Cedric's watching, I'll be inclined maybe just to ignore it when he's on the ball. But I think he's probably not even made the 25 man squad, right? I'm looking so... now, so he is. He is. I'm oh, looking now. All right, fine. That's me. Then in time, I'm happy for him to play because, like, I, Ben White getting injured is the worst, worst case scenario right now. So, um, yeah, El Nini, Jorginho, Cedric Suarez. Uh, I don't know. Put a youngster in at left back because they can probably fit in Ramsdale. Is Emil is Emil still fit or is he injured? Emil, I'm assuming he's injured because he's not on I the bench know. or anything, is he? Fabio Vieira. Fabio Vieira. He's injured too. Um, That's the problem. Reese is going to play. Reese is going to play. Reese is going to play. Eddie should play. Eddie Reese. Uh, this is the problem with our defensive side of things, right? So the only other players that wouldn't necessarily be in our normal lineup is Cedric and Lino Sousa. Well, we can play. Why not let him play? Bring well, Cozy, see, Cozy Cozy not He's not Cozy in the squad. Yeah, yeah, the but squad. If, yeah, but they're uh, they're under. You can play players. I think you can play players not in the squad, as long as they're under a certain age bracket, right? Really. I think there's a lift B yeah. submission. There are yeah, under 21 players that can be boosted. So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, so got Nam Cozy Adesbury yeah. or those kind of ones can probably come in. Yeah, Ethan and uh, Nathan. Ethan, I can't remember. Nam Wary. Nam Wary, yeah. Play yeah. him. Like, play play these guys. It's an intimidating atmosphere. Some good experience. We don't need the points. We'll be through top of the group. So, uh, you know, this is just a training game. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're gonna obviously we want to win. Every no, game. it doesn't matter. Of course we do, but we don't like you say it's not it's not an important game. It's one that you cannot afford. This is why I say I you know, I don't want to look in the crystal ball and kind of think about what could happen. But it's the type of game that you can sometimes see us playing a Saliba in there, a rice in there, and then one of picking up like a two month injury. But this is just I know it's like we we don't really have the depth to be able to not. Who are the players that should not be playing 
100% not be playing. Saka, Odegaard, Rice, Saliba. I think we'll see one no, of no. I think we'll see at least uh, one. I, I, I think we might see Gabriel. I don't think we'll see Saliba. I think we'll see one of those four that you mentioned. Kivior. So, what, who, hang on, who's going to play left back? Souza. It has to be Kivior. So, Kivior has to be, but then Gabriel, who plays alongside Gabriel? We don't even have a fit centre back. There's a great guy, Crystal Palace, who would be a good job for us. <laughs> <laughs> step, step recall, 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 yeah. recall. Do you go on loan? <laughs> no, nah, I think he got sold. He did. Someone else got no. uh, loaned down. We can recall. Who went to Tavares? Print? Tavares went to Forest. No, Trusty. Trusty? Get him back? No, he, he, he signed permanently. For oh, did he? Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's see. Let's see how right or wrong both of us are. Then come Tuesday evening, are you expecting us to lose based upon that? We'll probably just play the the C team. I I, I think so. Like we went to Eindhoven uh, last year, intimidating game. I think we lost two 0 with a pretty strong team actually in Eindhoven last year. Um, so intimidating atmosphere. You and I know that we sat next to their fans at the home game, and uh, I don't know. Well, let's just say that their fans were. Lovely, bar some who are, uh, I don't know. Is that the game where we've got a chair thrown at us? Yes, that is the game <laughs> when they picked, they pulled the chairs out and they chucked them over. The guy had that, you know, the guy kept having his um, snood up. He had his snood yeah, up Yeah, like that, that skeleton mask like that, right? Yeah. Like that. yeah, and then he had that up. And, and then when the ball came into the crowd and he, he managed to catch it, and then he just kind of like overarm threw it and just threw it straight at the guy, Arsenal fan standing next to him on the other side of the fence. That's no, fair enough. Um, clearly intoxicated on I don't know what, but um, yeah. Uh, so they're an intimidating bunch. Um, not all PSV fans, but some uh, are an intimidating bunch. And I think that'll be an intimidating atmosphere, um, which is why I actually genuinely think like the points don't matter. Do play play so many of the youngsters. Like what a grounding, right? In uh, if you're going to make it, you need to go through this test. I know, but it's also a bit like oh, how to kill someone's spirit in one full swoop. You know what I mean? Roll them out in front of an opposition, get absolutely trounced in a cauldron-like atmosphere, and won't be playing again for another year. There's a there is a an element of protection, I think, in some of the cases here. But this is what protection. I'm saying. But I don't think Arteta's not protection or league title. Protection or league title. Hey, you take the Champions League, Jace, all day long. You know you would. I'll take any any <laughs> any anything. <laughs> well, I don't really care about the League Cup. FA Cup is always nice. We're already out of the League Cup anyway, Jason. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, All right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't really care about Wednesday. Um, it's not important. Let's uh, bring on the next. Bring on Brighton. We're going to Brighton as well. We are. Yeah. So we, me and Jace will be there Sunday. This is going to be, I think I'd said uh, in the last pod that I wanted to see five points from the next three games, which was Villa, Brighton and Liverpool. We're currently so, on zero. So we need two, to win both win. these next two games, Jace, which I would say is looking uh, more unlikely. But I, I think we can do Brighton at home. I, I definitely think we can do Brighton at home. They're very porous and they're not the, they're not the team they were last season. Famous last words. Love I can't it. You just said that. Oh, dear. I should not have said that. Uh, famous Hagrid there. Uh, right. Um, Jace, if they're on YouTube, what do we want uh, the crowd to do? Uh, if you like the podcast, give us a nice little thumbs up, give us a subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, everything is appreciated.
Yeah, and, and if you're on uh, the other one, Spotify, <laughs> Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcast. Uh, yeah, if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, again, subscribe to the channel. Have a listen weekly. Uh, we're here most weeks, and leave us a little star or review. Nice one. Yeah, when we're not when we're not ill, we usually we're here every week. Uh, we missed yeah. a couple through through illness, but we're back on the game now. We we will be hopefully be able to talk to you maybe about PSV if there's any point to talk to you about PSV. We'll wait and see. Uh, well, other than we, that, well, go on. <laughs> should put a poll on my Twitter. Yeah, is, is it worth should we talk game with... to be talking about? I mean, it could be. You never know, Jay. Depending on one of those four players gets injured, we'll be talking about it. I could say that. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Right, enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening, and thank you all for listening. Cool. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Come on!